0: And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the fifth. It's the fifth, fifth our fifth episode already of uh, the CC and JT amateur, amateur hour. hour. That's why is... you're not hearing music or anything like that, because we have low production values. We're amateurs. And
1: We're... it's not even an hour. Yeah, it's it's a half a... an hour. It's not even maybe. half an hour.
0: Uh, we keep our we keep our overhead as low as possible. Anyway, over on my left is CC.
1: And to my right is JT.
0: Yep. And if you haven't, uh, if you don't know who we are by now, then, you know, we've got all sorts of links and stuff on our website. So we're going to do a little, um, you know, drop a little ad, advert on you at uh, CarsonHume.com. And we've got all the links across the top. So, you know, help yourself explore our site. And of course, please, uh, please let us know what your thoughts are on these sites, on our site, because um, I, and I've, I always say this feedback, good or bad feedback, good or bad. Makes us better. Yes. So uh, if, even if we get bad feedback, uh, constructive criticism. Constru- constructive criticism.
1: Yes. Yes. In writing class, we talk about constructive, constructive criticism, criticism because yes. you don't want to personally attack somebody who's writing something. You yeah. want to give them feedback that will help them improve their craft. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. Not here. the person, the craft. So okay. If you have feedback, hopefully constructive, whether. It's good or bad. We'll take it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we're... Um, yeah, please. Um,
1: <laughs> Interact with us.
0: This is a delayed podcast, as you probably seen out on the social networks, if you follow us at all, because we've been... Uh, last week, just kicked our butt. And we're thinking that probably it was a holdover from the uh, COVID shots that we've been having. And uh, we are 75% uh, inoculated. Well, you're 100. I'm 100, but we totally, total. We're 75%. You get yours <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Yes. So... Uh, But we're thinking that we had some COVID overhang or, you know, hangover. There does
1: seem to be a delayed reaction. Some people get hit pretty hard, like, the day after the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Some people about a week later start feeling really tired. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened to us. We just
0: had nothing. So, But we're here now. We're full of coffee. Yay, coffee. (laughs) Uh, And so what we're going to do is we're going to stay lasered focused as much as we possibly can. Shiny. Shiny. Laser focused. Squirrel. Squirrel, we're going okay. to stay late. Well, I'm, well, I'm not going to say that. Again.
1: Put away the laser pointer. Laser
0: pointer. Oh, I have a laser pointer. Downstairs. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Let's not um, go there. As much as we can on what the purpose of the of the purpose of overall purpose of our podcast is, is to help our colleagues, our fellow writers. Um, or, perhaps- or
1: even people who are interested in the craft of writing who may not do it, yes. but they're just as interested in um, the creative process and how other people do it.
0: Right. And so we're gonna we're gonna stay we're gonna stay on track <laughs> on track today on track
1: no derailing right okay
0: and the Switch purpose track. Of today, and the purpose of today is you know we want to we want to start small we wanted to start with something you know minor so what we picked was reality the universe everything so <laughs> yeah so we we decided to we decided to go big and hopefully land small. well we'll
1: see yeah we'll We'll see see about that so
0: reality so let's talk about that a little bit reality the universe so on and so forth you know we'll talk about the basic things um reality is not absolute first of all reality no no, uh, reality is different from a five-year-old than to a 50-year-old oh definitely relative reality is what you make of it
1: and it's also a societal construct of the time period you're living in
0: exactly boy can you say that fast three times no okay So what we've come up with here is we're going to talk a little bit about the reality within the writer's sphere, the sphere. Yes. And um, what what we hope to end up with is, is the, the strengths and the possible pitfalls of messing with reality. Because when you write a book, when you write anything of a fictional nature, you set up your own universe, your own rules. Everything is what you make of it. You put everything in there. Now, We can fall to cliches and metaphors and things like that. And people will assume that gravity is gravity, blue skies, blue skies, so on and so forth. But the things that we're going to be talking about today, that's not necessarily true. And we wanted to bring it in with a literary flavor, but we realized that some people have not read the books that Cece and I have read. This is true. So we decided to go to movies because movies are um, universal. Right. And people understand, have an innate understanding that the reality in these um, movies can vary. But we decided to go to the extreme. We went to two extreme examples of where reality changed. And actually, the, the movies that we picked at the you know, actors and actresses who wanted, were asked to be a part of it Threw away the scripts because they couldn't understand it. So, so what? It was, so we're going to go ahead and push back on that. And the two, and we're going to say right now, spoiler alert, spoiler yes. alert, spoiler alert. The two movies we're going to talk about have been out. Uh, one has been out since 1999. The other has been out since 2004. Even so, we know of at least one person who's listening to this who probably hasn't seen them. Hi, Elaine. Maybe... Hi, Elaine. <laughs> uh, Good morning, Elaine. And perhaps more. So we're going to do spoiler Alerts. If you have not seen these movies and you want to see these movies, stop. Stop now. Stop now. Watch the movies
1: and then come back, and you won't regret it.
0: You won't regret it. And and by the way, they're both excellent movies.
1: One of them is probably a lot more well-known than the other one. I right. don't think the, the one that you'll be discussing really got much traction in the beginning. Right. The other one probably is a part of the pop culture atmosphere at this point. It's more
0: of an art house kind of film, but still it's an excellent, excellent movie. And they have more similarities than they have differences. So we're gonna go ahead and dive in. And uh, we did our homework, we watched the movies, we thought about how we're gonna say it, we discussed it length before we sat down here. And so I'm going to go ahead and point at CC and you're going to talk about- The Matrix. The Matrix. And The
1: Matrix is the one I mentioned that's probably a great part of the pulp, pop culture lexicon at this point. Everybody has at least heard of it if they have not seen it. It The movie itself made great technical, technological, say that three times fast, technical. You can't,
0: can't do it. You can't do it.
1: Great technology advances in um, the type of special effects that were used in the movie and The Matrix, was released. And for the most part, you think it takes place in 1999. And this is the reality that you are brought into at the beginning of the movie. So Neo, otherwise known as Mr. Anderson, is, uh, well, first of all, it opens on a screen of code. So uh, it's kind of a It reminds me of the old, um, we had a compact computer, I think, that had that color green green screen. Mm -hmm. So the color and the screen and the coding on the screen bring you in. In 1999, we still weren't quite at the level we are with computers now. So computers were a little bit more of a a foreign Mm -hmm. thing. So, you know, our reality at that time was that this is cool. Mm-hmm. Something to do with computers. So Neo is at his computer. He uh, He's asleep at his computer, basically. It looks like it's late at night, maybe. He's doing something on the computer. So you can kind of guess from that his reality is that he's not doing much at night. He's at home playing on the computer. And there's a the whole joke about you know kids in their parents' basement on the computer. So that's his reality. the The next day, so to speak, you see him at his job mm-hmm. in a cubicle and... You know, basically, we can all relate to that. That's reality. So, when he's awoken by the computer, he, the computer is talking to him. In 1999, that didn't happen. And now it's not uncommon. You have, you know, various different smart devices that will talk to you. In 1999, that was not common. So, now at this point, you're going, oh, well, wait a second. What's going on here? So, this is starting to mess with your reality that, the computer is talking to you. Of course, going back, if you're a Star Trek fan or something, computers always talk to you at that point, but it was still fictional. So the computer talking to him leads to a series of events. And Neo, or Mr. Anderson, when he he's not too far from meeting Trinity, and Trinity says something about Neo is searching for something. She knows why he's been at his computer. There is something that he's missing. So, you know, that's his reality is that he's got this very humdrum life, no big deal, but something is missing from it. And that's what he's been searching for on the computer. And she knows what it is and she can help him get there. So through another series of events, Neo basically goes down the rabbit hole and I believe there is an Alice in Wonderland reference in the movie that they talk about. There's the white rabbit, um, and then they talk about going down the rabbit hole. He gets the choice of the red pill or the blue pill. One of them will take him back to his humdrum everyday life, and he won't—he still won't know what's going on. The other one is going to open his eyes to something. So he chooses to have his eyes opened, and I believe it was the blue pill.
0: I think so, or the red. Well, it doesn't matter. I think it, it was the
1: blue pill. I think the red. Either way. So he took the pill that opened his eyes and his reality flipped completely in that it turns out, and here's where the spoilers really come in. He was living in a computer simulation because these AI basically have taken over the earth.
0: Artificial intelligence.
1: Artificial intelligence have taken over the earth. Um, humans have scorched the earth to try to get rid of the AI. And basically the artificial intelligence has realized that, Hey, guess what? Humans create energy. Humans can power us. So they've turned people into what they say are copper top batteries. Duracell, I believe. So that reality is two or 300 years in the future from when Neo thought he was living. And he wakes up, his body has atrophied. He has to completely start from scratch. It's like he's been reborn into this new reality. And through this series of events, he learns that he is a pivotal um, point in trying to get rid of this AI control over the humans. And so going from sitting in his computer cubicle at work in 1999 in to this, he's on some hovercraft in 23, 22, 2300, something or other, fighting this war against the AI. That reality shift is such a mess in his brain that he's having trouble really dealing with his his new reality. And he has even
0: trouble dealing with his old reality because along the line, they put him back into his reality. Yes. And he he said, none of this was ever real, was it?
1: No. So he talks about they pass a restaurant and he says, I ate there all the time. They had great food. But then again, I guess they didn't.
0: Yeah, never did. Never happened.
1: So you're you're then you really, as the viewer, start thinking, oh, wow. What is real? You know, is it 1999? Is it 2300? And there is another character in the movie who. Has chosen to want to go back to the artificial reality because he just can't take his brain, can't handle the real reality. And at you know, throughout the course of the movie, the viewer is questioning everything that's happening. There is a great scene, and this is something that will resonate with everybody there is a cat, a black cat, walking. A second later, Neo looks back and there's the black cat walking. And he goes, oh, deja vu. And they all stop. And it's, you know, most of us is like deja vu. Oh, hey, that was kind of cool. But, you know, you go on about your life. This was a big deal for them because the deja vu meant there was a glitch in the system and it had to be reset. So it was the it reality was glitching. But it wasn't reality; it was the simulation. And the way this movie was written and presented was so mind blowing, and it continues to be mind blowing. It holds up really well twenty something years later, and it will make you wonder, you know, what is your reality? And the the things they set up, the the ways they portray this reality are um, very consistent. And that's the important part of the writing process. When you're creating your reality, you have to be consistent. You can have magic. You can be in a computer simulation, but you have to make sure everything stays consistent. And they do a great job of that. So um, the matrix is a mind-blowing kind of uh, study on reality.
0: Yep. And we're going to go ahead and <clears throat> segue into uh, the other movie. Yes, and I, I, it's the Eternal Sun, the Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which came out in like 2004, and uh, and this movie is, has more similar, as I said earlier, has more similarities to Mac- Matrix as it doesn't. One very minor thing is that the, my, the is the main character Joel, like Neo, starts things rolling by waking up. Yes. He's been asleep for a while. He wakes, up, he wakes up and he realizes he's wearing pajamas and he's doing the, what? I don't wear pajamas. But he wakes up um, wearing pajamas. You and get he, the, the
1: impression that he doesn't normally. Think. Yeah, he Something doesn't normally, but
0: something's off. And and that's the phrase. He doesn't remember. And again, big spoilers coming up. Um, what the Turtle Sunshine does is, is, is memory. It works on, it focuses on how reality is shaped by memory we are the sum of our experiences and joel like everybody else is is you know ba- bases his daily routine on you know memories and experiences that built up and like neo he goes to work you know, from his morning routine, but then he realizes that he doesn't want to go to work and he hops the subway train to Montauk of all reasons, which is a, another plot device that you need to see when you reach, when you watch the movie. And at, on, he goes to Montauk and he, he's lost. He knows he needs to be there. He has this message that he needs to be in Montauk. He's on the beaches. He sees a house that's familiar, that it, but isn't familiar because he's never, you know, he had, he's been to Montauk before, but he, he, he's he got this sense, and if you forgive me for using this, deja vu, that, uh, you know, he's been there, but he hasn't been there. And on the train ride back, he meets, and I put that in quotation mark, he meets Clementine, who is, well, well Joel is very, what's the word I want to use, stayed, he was very, uh,
1: mundane
0: mundane not or, he, he's, not he, prone to uh
1: oh i don't know doing exciting things yeah maybe.
0: he has a comfort he, have a, he has a comfort zone about the size of a postage stamp basically but I mean, clementine of course is completely opposite of that with her multicolored hair and so on and so forth i don't want to focus so much on clementine nor do i want to focus so much on trinity right now but they come very important here in a second um but so And Joel is just fascinated by Clementine and, you know, he he comes slowly out of his shell. And you can sense, and and I shouldn't say you, I I said I as a viewer, I, I could sense the first time that I saw this film that there was more here than meets the eye between the two of them. And I think they kind of picked up on that too. There's more here than meets the eye. And then as the movie unravels, we learn that both Joel and Clementine. Because of their, they did have a long standing relationship. They did have a passionate, emotional, uh, deeply invested uh, relationship. And that it came to the point that it scared them so much that they went to this company that removes memories. And they each, on their own, without telling the other, removed the memory of the other. And to me i found that uh mind-blowing you know much like the, the matrix was is because if you remove parts of your memory to me you're removing parts of yourself mm-hmm. you're removing the the parts that make the whole and there's danger in that to me to me but they both independently did it um the the twist on this is that joel you know, as I said, he woke up that morning. He worked in pajamas. What it was is that was the morning of his removal. They had been working through the night to remove his memories, and during that process, he realized the process was happening and that his, that the that the company was taking him away from Clementine, and he was just one hundred percent freaking out because he began. He realized that whatever inspired him to had <clears throat> excuse me. Whatever inspired him to make that move in the first place to have Clementine removed, he realized it was a mistake. He cherished her, he he loved her to the point where he 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 realized that was a mistake. And so, a lot of the movie, you know, a significant part of the movie is him trying to keep Clementine, trying to keep the memory of Clementine to his to himself, and and failing. He ultimately fails. Uh, he wakes up in pajamas. And whatever memory of Clementine is gone, um, and uh, as proof, what happens is when he goes outside, he sees that his car has a major fender bender in it, and he has no idea how it happened. But it was like you know, just you know, not just recently. Clementine told him that he had, that she had done it. Is that right? Was she? Yeah, she had. She
1: had done it. It was during one of their big fights or something, yeah. or the a fight resulted from it. But he, not knowing what had happened, he thinks that the car next to him. Yeah. You know, it was like a parking lot thing. It, obviously, it was much worse than that. But he leaves a note saying, thank you, you know, sarcastically, because he thought his neighbor had done it.
0: You yeah, know, so he wakes up and, and he realizes that he doesn't realize that no. Clementine is, you know, this person, which was was the, a major part of his life for X number of years. I get the sense that it was going on for a while. Maybe.
1: Well, depending on if you read the backstory of the movie. <laughs> this may have been done multiple times and it doesn't come out in the ending of Mm -hmm. the movie, what has happened, but the, there was another ending, I think, where the, the two of them continue to do this repeatedly throughout their lives. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Anyway, but, but you're
1: left open-ended.
0: So eventually, uh, through, um, through something which is way too complex to explain here, eventually the two of them, uh, Uh, Joel and Clementine, they both—they learned that they they were together. And they hear each other speak uh, via tape about each other. And they come to realize that they have something here. And the movie ends with the two of them saying, yeah, okay, why not? Let's give it another try.
1: They know that it didn't work. They were both very upset about it to the point where they wanted to have each other removed from their memory, but they were still willing to give it a chance again. Yeah. And then the question becomes, are they now different people because they've had those memories removed? Mm -hmm. So will it work the next time? And
0: and that's what we basically want to talk about when it comes to shaping reality, because uh, both of these movies did a fantastic job of twisting everything upside down. More similarities than differences. Um, But with all the differences that happened in these movies, with all the chaos, with all the action with all the drama the emotional drama and uh, physical drama th- there was there is actually as much as everything changed there was one thing that drew them to, that drew both movies together at the end which i actually didn't pick up until i saw the matrix just you know in preparation for this and i think that's important because uh and i'm, I'm leading up to this bear with me as writers we are responsible for the reality that we create we can fall to metaphors. We can fall to cliches, or we can take risks. There are dangers, but there are rewards with those risks. If you if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to shape your reality to the degree that these writers did, and this would be Charlie uh, Charlie Kaufman for the for the Eternal Sunshine and
1: and the Wachowski siblings, which for, there's for the another Matrix. reality behind that. Yep. And, that's not something we're discussing in this podcast. But
0: that's if you're if you're willing to take the risks that they did and the rewards that were received, that you know that that's awesome. You know, more power to you. Um, and they all Charlie
1: Kaufman has done a series of movies that will mess with your mind. Another one was um, Adaptation right. with Nicolas Cage, where
0: yeah, um, totally messing with your mind. They're masters at they are masters at it. Um, yes. But they also realized in both these two movies that we're doing here is that you need a you need something to grab onto. You need something to hold on to. Um, the main characters need something to hold on to get them um, to keep their grasp on reality. To keep some grasp on their reality. And for Neo, it was Trinity. For Joel, it was Clementine. All four of them realized that that love was that foundation. At the very end of, uh, again, spoiler, at the end of The Matrix, uh, Trinity says basically that she loves Neo. And if there's not love between uh, Clementine and Joel, then, you know, I don't really know what it is because, you know...
1: That's the problem. I don't think they know what it is. They It's maybe a codependent relationship? I, I actually
0: think it is love because they keep, they keep falling apart. They keep coming back together. Maybe it's not a healthy kind of love, but maybe... You know, sometimes couples get married, or couples get together to fill in the blank spots of each other's resume, uh, and I—that's what I think that happened with with um, you know uh, Clementine Joel and... and Clementine and Joel—is they they kind of filled in fill in a space where Joel is uh, recessive and they
1: Clementine were very opposite. Gone. Yeah, yes. so but they
0: they filled in that blank. So. Um, so if you're going to mess with reality and let's, and again, I'm going to remind y'all here is that your books, your art, your whatevers, uh, whether
1: you're writing it or reading it, because the, the author creates a world, but the reader takes,
0: buys into their the world
1: reality. Yeah. And what the author has created isn't really what the reader or viewer is consuming because it's based on their reality. Yeah. So, Again, what is reality?
0: Yep, and you shape the reality of your world. You you're not the god, as Bill Murray said. You're a god, and you you dictate how your characters interact with that reality. Um, very quick story. Uh, when I was in a creative writing class at University of Nevada, Copac, uh, the creative writing instructor said that. Um, you know people are always getting on stephen king because he's always breaking the rules in his books but he can get away with that because he is stephen king but he wasn't always stephen king uh so so he had to obey the writer's rules cliches plot devices and so on and so forth like everybody else and once once he got famous he was able to get outside of that so I present that story to you as, as a guide is if you want to jump right in and change, you know, the rules of writing, so to speak, to the rules of your, the universe, the accepted universe in the fictional world. that comes with risks, it comes with rewards and we, you know, more power to you. But you are responsible at the very end for um, giving your readers a, a product that they feel that they've um, that feels worthy of their time and investment.
1: And that doesn't necessarily mean good or bad because mm-hmm. I have noticed that there are good books that I can't finish because they're just boring, but I've completely gone through some books that were atrociously written, you know, bad grammar. They weren't proofread. They weren't edited, but there was some kind of entertainment value in them that kept me reading. And sort really like, it comes down. There's a hook.
0: There's a hook. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they, you know, it, resonates with you on some level so it can be really bad in the technical sense but it somehow touches part of you and makes you want to keep reading it so you know and there's good and bad or subjective anyway this goes back to creativity mm-hmm. and um, following the genre conventions and things like that it's you can choose to follow those conventions and not be popular or you could, you know, be wildly popular, and on the other hand, you can start out doing something completely opposite of what the normal conventions are, and you can become wildly popular or not. You know, it it's always a risk.
0: There's always the risk, but you know, uh, but you know, but pick a path, stick the path, yes. and you you've got be our consistent. support. Box. Man, this 27 minutes went really really fast. Didn't it go fast to you? It went fast, if, and
1: did we? warn anybody that we were going to get so philosophical uh,
0: yeah, Philosophical <laughs> for us anyway anyway we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with uh the uh the typical end of uh, episode commercials you can find us on carsonhuman.com and you will find links to our podcast you'll find links to our blogs you'll find links to pictures uh and we will continue to do this on a weekly basis as our health allows um I'm, and life Other and life allows come up. uh you know summer's coming up yay yeah, get outside um, get your shots, folks., um,
1: um, just you know, keep enjoying what you enjoy in life, whatever your reality is, wherever you are. Yeah. and we hope you're enjoying it. And if it's not quite the reality you want, maybe you should think about whether you should take the red pill or the blue pill.
0: Oh, good wrap up. Mm. Anyway, over there is CC. and I'm with Jt. And we want you all to have a wonderful week, and we will see you next Sunday. And we might even have a, a, a subject po- uh, picked out the flawed protagonist. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Okay, Does we're done. I'm going to go ahead and stop recording now. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And we'll have a great week. And have a great week.